touchdown. From Bat, the rookie, from Boomer. He grew up in Garfield, New Jersey, 10 minutes from Giants Stadium. A short of a first down, Wayne Kravon Kravon was able to work free. What a move by Wayne Kravon. Absolutely unbelievable. You're talking about a kid who is just all heart. Welcome to the Underdog Jets podcast with Wayne Corbett and Robbie Sabo. That's right, Jets fans. The Underdog Jets podcast is back after a little hibernation. And uh, this time it's presented by Jets X Factor. Uh, we want to thank Believe, but Wayne Corbett and myself are back. Excited to be with Jets X Factor. And uh, hey, it's going to be Jets, going to be a little fantasy, whatever we want to discuss. And uh, I know there's plenty to discuss based on what the Jets did yesterday, uh, Sunday in Houston. They came away with a win, which allows everyone to breathe a little bit. And uh, Wayne, what did you think about that game? Uh, it was enjoyable to watch, I tell you that. You know, uh, just to have a win like that and have the defense play like that. Um, it was kind of a complete game. Um, you know, defense made plays when they uh, when they needed to. And I think they did a great coaching job. And some of these guys, you know, that they drafted are starting to step up a lot. So it's exciting times for the Jets. Yeah. And, you know, Wilson struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, it's to be expected. He missed four games, right? Pretty much right. Five, pretty much five because he exited early in New England when he hurt his knee. Uh, so he was rusty early on. And, you know, the the Twitter, you know, Jets Twitter is not for the faint of heart. You know, <laughs> the opinions that go on on Jets Twitter are nuts. A lot of fans were disappointed and I could understand why. But, hey, he's a rookie. He was struggling before he exited. And it's not as if he did everything terribly. I mean, he started off bad, but coming out in the third quarter, I think there was a stretch where he hit seven of nine guys. They kind of adjusted, went to one or two man routes, hit Elijah Moore on that on that 15, 20 yard. Uh, I forget what route it was, but maybe an in cut or a, or a curl. And even the game winning touchdown, Salah said it today. I thought it was a read option, right. but Wilson actually pulled it himself and improvised. Salah right. told us today. So the fact that he did that and had the confidence to do that is a pretty good sign. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, what you told me we're going to talk about today about uh, Zach being in his own head. Uh, at least we're not saying he's over his head because he's certainly not. He's in his own head a little bit, but that'll come. That'll come with the, with the you know, getting experience out there. But, uh, you know, he made the plays when he needed to. And like you said, with two receiver routes, you know, there's less options, be more certain about where he wants to go with the reads from the defense. So, you know, they're kind of minimizing the playbook a little bit, but he's making it work. Let me ask you, because you're an athlete at the highest level. Wilson, he's never been an inaccurate quarterback. You know, even at BYU in August, even week one in Carolina, he was never really inaccurate. So the idea that he's missing these guys short, you know, not putting touch on the ball, I feel like his mind is moving a hundred, you know, miles a minute and he is in his own head. Like I said, do you see that number one and number two, if you do see that, what can an athlete do to get out of that? So he's not thinking and he's just reacting. 
like I said, just comes with time and repetition, doing over and over again. You know, he's still going to see defense he's never seen before. You know, they're going to throw everything at him, blitzes and man-to-man coverages. So, like I said, it takes time. But, uh, you know, for being out for four or five weeks, I think he handled it pretty well. Yeah, he uh, – I mean, again, he missed short guys really short at times, but it wasn't all bad. And it improved as the game went along. And all I right. think that was a big thing, too. Uh, the interception was unfortunate. He tried to hit Ty Johnson. It, when you look at the play again, Ty Johnson was looking at the play. Uh, yeah. Right when Zach was about to flip the ball, it was just one of those miscommunication plays. Right. He's just trying to make something out of nothing. You know, he'll learn to just uh, run it and slide. But, uh, you know, if he makes the play, he looks like a hero. I mean, yeah. that's just what it is. He's not afraid to take chances. Uh, and most quarterbacks, if you look at over the recent history, uh, the ones who take chances are usually uh, successful in the long run. So, like I said, he's learning. He tried to make it happen. It didn't work out, but I still uh, still think he had a pretty good day. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't become great if you don't take chances. No. But then you can't improve if you don't take chances either. So you have to do it and take the lumps. Right. I think that's too true. You you got to take chances. You can't be trigger shy because if you're trigger shy, you'll never improve. Uh, but this game was interesting. They got off to a bad start, down 14-3 early. And then they went on that drive in which uh, the unknown, Austin Walter, did you see this kid, this running back who who uh, played in his hometown? I think his hometown is Crosby, Texas. Right. And he had a lot of family at the game. He, he pretty much popped out of nowhere, went for 38 yards on nine carries, scored his first touchdown. He told the media that his mom, you know, mother's intuition – he, he, she said to him before the game that he would score his first touchdown near his hometown, and it came to fruition. Uh, so they made it a 14-11 game, and then the defense just held strong from there. Uh, Bryce Hall didn't have the greatest game, but he's still their, their strongest DB, and he's been playing very well this year. Uh, the defense held strong, and Zach Wilson got that game-winning touchdown. Uh, any call-outs from this one from your point of view while you were watching it? You know, Elijah Moore... Uh, Walter, the surprise, anything else? Yeah, uh, Walter, as far as him scoring his first touchdown, uh, they brought him up from the practice squad earlier, right? Yes. And it's it's a thing where, you know, Coach Salah did a good thing to give him a chance. I think he played at Rice, right? Played at Rice. He's got his family there. You know, they're all coming to see him. I know it was short notice. And to give the kid a chance to do that, obviously he has to, like, you know, to do it. You know, if he didn't, you know, it is what it is. They don't expect anything. But, you know, for him to score his first touchdown in front of his whole family, you know, that's that's the stories you love to hear. You know, even when he says, Zach wants to do well in the draft picks, when you hear a story about that, about a kid like that working hard and, you know, doing everything he can to have some success in front of his family is a really nice thing to hear. Um, as far as everything else, like I said, it's the draft picks that are starting to come on. I mean, Elijah's doing great. Vera uh, Tucker is uh, smooth. Uh, Michael Carter just got hurt. Uh, the DB, Michael Carter, he's doing well. And uh, I would say Joe Douglas did a pretty good job. I mean, like I said, Zach's going to be, you know, he's going to live and die with Zach because it was the number two pick. But it's, for the most part, I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, th- this rookie class has been nothing short of tremendous so far. I mean, right. Zach Wilson, yeah, number two pick. AVT, they trade up for him at number 13. I, I think he's a future all pro guard. I mean, there's no right. question about it in my mind. And then Elijah Moore, you, he's the perfect weapon. We talked about it in the summer. You mentioned it. He's the perfect weapon for today's league. You don't have to be that Megatron 
you know, high point six foot five guy on the sideline. You could, could take jet motions like he did in that, on that big, was it a fourth down late? It was either a third or fourth down late Man. where he took the jet motion and got the first down and the floor is using him in a lot of different ways, which is huge. Right. I think um, when we were at camp, I mean, you talked, you can see it. You can see the talent there and flashes and just didn't, he just uh, took some time to adjust. And I think uh, once Mike White came in, he, uh, for some reason, it kind of kickstarted him, got him more involved, and it just kind of carried over to uh, to Zach. So uh, hopefully they can continue to have that rapport. Yeah, how about that, Mike White? Let's back it up for a little bit. What did you think about Mike White and his uh, day at Cincy? And then Indy, that was a really depressing night for Jets fans when he went yeah. out after that second drive because he looked good on that second drive, even, even despite the first drive where it was a near interception. Right. Uh, you know, he threw it threw a tough one over the middle, I believe, if I remember correctly. It, you know, it was a great story, uh, a tough one against Buffalo. I didn't think the first half was as bad as people think, though. There really wasn't anything downfield. Second half was pretty bad. What would you think of Mike White? I think he did a great job, um, obviously. He's not the future. I know, you know, after one week, everybody's like, Zach, who? I was like, you can't, you know, Zach Wilson is number one to pick in the draft. He's going to get every opportunity to succeed, um, you know, and they gave uh, Mike chances. Um, so it's nice to know you have a backup uh, like him that got some experience now that can come in if, if need be. But Zach Wilson is a starting quarterback in New York Jets, and he will be for uh, for a while. Yeah, it, it was a nice story. Uh, at the very least, he proved some value in terms of maybe he could be a, a, a nice backup quarterback. Uh, and I think that's a very good thing moving forward. And um, and another thing is the more time he got, he got more film. You know, you never know what kind of draft equity you can get with uh, with him if somebody wants to come in in a trade form or, or whatever it may be. Right. You know, one game is everything in the NFL. It's huge. So, yeah. you know, one stellar game, uh, other teams could see that guy and say, Hey, we can make this it's guy. Happened it's, yeah, happened it's happened before. Yeah. It's happened before. Yeah. Uh, Scott Mitchell. I, I remember uh, Detroit to Miami. Um, th there's been a lot of guys where it's worked out where it hasn't worked out. Yeah. Um, so we'll see with Mike white, uh, Elijah Moore. He, like you said, he's, he's been on a great stretch. Uh, he pretty much does everything, and, and I don't anticipate that slowing down. Uh, defensively, John Franklin Myers, what did you think of the big man rumbling down the field? And I'll get some of the quotes while, you while you're talking, but he kind of veered to the sideline there a little bit, and uh, Mekhi Becton was roasting him on social media about it. Yeah, he was rumbling. I, I love to see when the big man get a chance to get the ball in their hands because they're not used to it, so you don't know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes they're breaking tackles, sometimes – you know, they're going fast and all of a sudden it just hits them what they're doing. You know, like you said, he started veering towards the sideline. Uh, I think he's going to run out of room, but, you know, I don't know if he would have broken that first tackle. He might have went the distance, but uh, you got to feel great for the guy. You know, he got a new contract. He played well last year. You know, he's playing great this year, this year leading the, leading the defense. So uh, he, he's get, he, he got everything he deserved in that new contract, and he's showing that. What's interesting is – you know, after the game, Jets made him available and he was sort of, you know, uh, making fun of himself. He didn't want to get caught from behind. You know, he just came back from an injury too. So the yeah. injury was kind of in his mind and he was just laughing and said he didn't want anyone to catch him. He didn't want to fumble. He, he just wanted to you give it to the offense. You know, the turnover, keeping the ball is the most important thing. But uh, I'll tell you what, he was going straight and then suddenly went 
45 degree angle, like towards the right. sideline. Uh, if you're in that locker room, there's no way you can't hammer him a little bit. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, it was odd, but, uh, like I said, these guys aren't used to having the ball in their hands. They're just so excited to have it in their hands. You know, they maybe try to do too much, but it was a hell of a play, you know, getting a tip and the, uh, the catch was hard too. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was a great catch and I'm happy for the guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a good individual. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, you know, Jets snap a three game losing streak. It's going to be Philly this week. The, one franchise, the one team the Jets have never beaten, which is interesting. You know, you only play them used to be once every three years. Now with the uh, eight divisions, it's once every four years. Now with the 17 games, though, it could be more than that. Right. Um, trying to remember, do, do any Jets Philly matchups come to mind during your playing days or, or no? No. Uh, you know, we know the, the games we played in preseason was always the last one. Yeah. And these starters never played. But I can't, nothing kind of stands out. But, you know, everything I've read today, you know, has the Eagles winning. You know, and obviously that's how it is. But, you know, they didn't look too good, you know, uh, versus the Giants yesterday. Yeah, Giants so, beat uh, on, what, 13-7, I believe? Yeah, if they could slow down, you know, Jalen Hurts, they got a chance. Easier said than done. But, um, you know, he's got some weapons. But certainly, uh, you know, Giants stopped them, so maybe we can too. Yeah, the D-line's playing well again. I mean, Houston's offensive line leaves a lot to be desired, but, uh, you know, the Eagles came in during uh, scrimmage scrimmages in August, too, so maybe that could help. I know Bryce Hall was talking about matching up against Devontae Smith, and that's one thing, too, we could talk about. Bron- uh, Bryce Hall, prior to two games ago, they would line him up at left corner no matter what. So he'd be the left corner, there'd be another right corner, Eccles or whoever else. Over the last two games, Hall started to travel and shadow receivers and follow receivers. He takes it as a compliment, as a big deal that he takes seriously. Um, one, have you noticed that with Hall and these Jets young corners? Do you think it's the right move if there's a you know stud 1A receiver on the other side? And, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't aware that he was traveling. Yeah, he just started the past two games. Yeah. He, um, he's showing. He solidified himself as the top corner. And then not everybody could do that. Sometimes guys, whether they're all pro or not, can only play one side. So that, that he could do that um, certainly makes him more valuable and gives the defense, uh, you know, when you can leave him over there, play man and play zone on the other side and, and uh, kind of shut that one guy down, you know, definitely adds to the success of the defense. Yeah. And because you played mainly slot after the first uh, few seasons, yeah. You know, you pretty much saw the same guy every time, every time, uh, you know, each play in the slot, the nickel back, the slot corner. Um, but uh, I agree. I, you know, le- letting him follow and travel when it makes sense, I-, I think is the right move. And I think Sala and Oberg are adjusting there. Yeah. Well, like you said, as far as the slot, those outside corners don't even want, don't want to come in the slot. It's a no. whole different, whole different story. Um but the, if they go back and forth like that, you know, the best guys will take on that challenge. They want that challenge of covering the uh, the alpha male, uh, alpha dog, number one receiver uh, on the team. If you shut him down, you got a chance. So uh, how was the uh, Corbett Thanksgiving last week? Quiet. You know was what it? I mean? Yeah, small, small family get, get together. Um, but, uh, you know, on to, on to Christmas now, looking forward to it. But uh, how was yours? It was good. And, 
you know, the Cowboys lost. I'm not, I'm not a Cowboys hater, but I do have family members who are diehard Cowboys fans. So when they lose, especially on Thanksgiving in agonizing fashion, it, it's nice to tweak them a little bit. Right, right, so right. So I, I enjoyed that. But uh, other than that, you know, my fantasy teams were terrible this weekend. I did nothing. <laughs> I thought I had a good team coming out this past Sunday and just did nothing. Najee Harris did nothing. Uh, I took Elijah Moore too, because he's been hot, you know, bouncing, right. counting on the Jets offense and the Jets offense. They've been tremendous over the last, uh, I don't know how many weeks it's been, five or six, but I forgot what the stat was. They've had the most offensive yards in the league for five or six weeks. I, I can't remember when the starting point was. Um, so I, I felt good with Elijah Moore. It just didn't happen for me this weekend. Um, how did you do? Uh, it wasn't great. Like you said, some of the big names, the highly owned guys, kind of a later, you know, a bad one, you know, mm-hmm. and it's expected sometimes. And then you guys, you know, pop off and guys you wouldn't expect, you know, uh, what did Fournette go for four touchdowns? Yeah. Yep. And then the week before, you know, Jonathan Taylor goes for five, which you you know, it's just, it's an oddity. So if you didn't have them was in your lineup, you, you didn't stand the chance to cash. Yeah. Taylor had like 55 points or something like that. 53 yeah. points. It was outrageous. Mixon had like 40. So, I mean, if you don't have those guys, you know, you don't have a chance. Yeah. And in the world of baseball, um, the Yankees aren't doing anything. Mets are going nuts, huh? They got Scherzer. Uh, yeah. They, they signed Scherzer. They signed a couple of other guys. Um, Escobar, Marte. I think they signed. Yeah. Yep. Escobar, Marte. So, you know, Steve Cohen going nuts with the uh, pocketbook. What do you think about that? Yeah. You know, I listen to talk radio all the time, sports talk radio. So I hear a lot of the opinions and a lot of the fans. But And, you know, what is this guy going to do with all this money he has? Is he going to spend it? And now all of a sudden, he, you know, you know, this is our guy. You know, this is what we've been waiting for. Someone to open up their, their wallet. And the guys they're getting are, you know, impact players. So, you know, I'm a both a Yankee and a Met fan, but, uh, you know, I don't, Mets are doing a lot right now. So we'll see how it unfolds. It was interesting. They did it on Black Friday, too, the Mets spending spree. Just happened to fall on that one day. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're trying to, uh, you know, compete with, with the guys across town um, to see who's the best in New York. Uh, you know, hopefully they can meet in the world series one of these years and if they keep uh, adding these players like they are you never know what could be this year or not that's right um so jets now three and eight any thoughts you know overarching thoughts in terms of what they may be able to do the rest of the way their schedule is not that rough i mean they, they have an easy schedule so yeah. the good news is i think the fans are off the tanking idea last year was the exact opposite they wanted that number one pick they wanted trevor lawrence this year it's different. They just want wins and it doesn't matter where they pick. And I think that's a good uh, place to be. And I do think they could kind of make a, a mini run as long as LaFleur and Zach Wilson figure it out together offensively. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Last year, like you said, when they won late in the year, Jets fans were disappointed and they said, well, wouldn't they want to get the uh, number one pick? I'm like, if those guys lose, they're not going to be there to play with the number one pick. And now they're kind of in limbo. They're not, might not make the playoffs. They're definitely not getting a, you know, top five pick, top three pick, whatever it is. So now he can worry about just getting better, getting experience with the young guys, getting used to everybody, getting a really chance to play. So it's a lot less stressful, you know, just, just take it as it comes, you know, hope for some good wins that they've had like this year and uh, just enjoy it. 
and just, uh, you know, don't expect a lot and you won't be let down. Yeah. And I, I, we can't stress to you how young this team actually is. And They're not youngest, just, right? Uh, yeah. And in, in not just terms of age and not just in terms of age either. It's, it's young from a lot of perspectives, like program building it, age, of course, but coaching too, you know, first year offensive coordinator, first year head coach, uh, Joe Douglas, this is his second. He only went through two drafts as a GM. Right. So yeah, and they were, yeah, they were worried that he didn't bring in veterans and he right. got rid of some of the veterans and especially in the secondary. Uh, and I think people realize now, Hey, it was the right move. They saved a lot of money. They could have brought in, you know, their vets, but you, you know, you don't need that. Let these guys get their own experience. He, he got hammered for not bringing in a veteran backup quarterback. Mike white comes out of nowhere. Um, got hammered for the, not bringing in a veteran corner. And right. while they've, you know, they haven't been tremendous, tremendous, but they've been a really nice surprise. Michael Carter, the second can play in the slot. Bryce Hall could play. Eccles could play. The injuries have been overwhelming. I mean, you lose Marcus May, Joyner, both starting safeties, uh, Curry and uh, Lawson, both starting edges pretty much. I mean, Curry, they'd rotate on that side. Jared Davis was out for a while. It's going to hurt. And being a young team, being a young coaching staff, there's going to be issues. Yeah. Um, but think about who they brought in. They got Brian Quinnen's brother. Was it Quincy? Yep, Quincy. Look at this guy. He's like getting shot out of a cannon on yeah. these blitzes, getting to the quarterback. No one expected that. No. I mean, that's that's great stuff, man. These guys are making plays. Uh, like I said, without, when Lawson got hurt, I was like, that is, that's a tough one. I know he was a, a highly regarded for aging, but I mean, I saw him in camp. I mean, he was giving Becton fits over there. And Becton hasn't played. So, uh, yeah, it's part of the game having injuries, next man up kind of like mentality. But these young guys have stepped up. Yeah. And when you're a young program, you just can't sustain those injuries. If you've been around for a while and you're a veteran group and you're a veteran coaching staff and your program's towards the winning stage, you can. So right. that that's the main issue. Are there times when I'm worried about the coaching, especially defensively, because some kids aren't focusing in on their specific read? Sometimes I get worried, but I understand it's an inexperienced thing. They're trying to do too much. They're trying to, it's, it's hero ball. It's not one man focusing on the situation. If they harp on that and figure it out with Zach Wilson, you know, they, they could really get rolling. Yeah. Like I said, that's what this year is about. Getting experience. Um, it's, you know, it's a rebuilding process, but you know, they'll be okay sooner, sooner than late. I tell people, you know, have some faith. It's going to get better. And, uh, I think they've taken the right steps to doing that. All right, Wayne. And for those Jets fans out there, Jets Sex Factor fans, we'll be doing this regularly. Uh, we're going to have some announcements for you as well with uh, getting Wayne involved with the fans. So stay tuned with that. And we'll we'll get a more um, or we'll announce a more consistent schedule when the time comes. But main thing was we wanted to get back, get this first episode up after the win and then take it from there. Sounds good, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Wayne, any, any final thoughts before we uh, bid farewell? No, enjoy the win. Enjoy the week. Who knows what's going to happen uh, next week. But like you said, it's, you know, got a little flicker of, flicker of hope in what we saw this past week. So hopefully more of that to come. That's right. Everyone could just take it. It's a small step forward, but everyone could take a deep breath and say, okay, you know, we can win games. And, I think and, the, that's and a, the Giants loss. And the Giants loss, exactly. <laughs> that's always a good week. Yes, and the Giants loss. And the Cowboys in agonizing fashion, too. Right. 
So, all right, uh, Wayne, um, Jets fans, this is the Underdog Jets podcast, and we'll see you next time.